Hey guys, welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. Today we talk about vision, how to take desire and make a vision out of it. Check it out. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. Yo, welcome back to the Sons of Thunder mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Are we, oh, we're going. We're going. This is Sean. Jacob here. Eric, I love when we do this. This is a lot of fun. I feel so professional. Who are you? Say your name. You can call me Sean. <laughs> With a Sean, J. Sean, Sean, and Jacob. And J-E-A-N, John. It's like um, in that SNL with Will Ferrell. Roll call, roll call. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. The cheerleaders? Yeah, the cheerleader one. My name is Eric. Yeah. I like to dance. Um, uh, no, that's that's literally. So that's, check me out. <laughs> Wait, no. What's what's these nights flash by? That's literally these nights flash by. Is my name is Eric. What is it? That's I the, like that's these nights. Want, right? Yeah, flash these by. These, these nights. nights. Flash by, and then you go. His name is wait. His his name. My is, name is, is John. Quant. Yep. I came into this room and disturbed your sleep. Yes. Whoa. Yep. I faced the brunt of that this year because I slept in the spot Will Goodwin did, oh. and so he basically just carried over his practices <laughs> out of habit, easily accessible. <laughs> just so like pick me up. Whoever's like in that room, he just does it every morning. Uh, Lives in a different house, comes thing. over each morning. Hey. <laughs> he goes to Will Goodwin's actual house. Just like I wouldn't his be wife's there. Oh yeah. <laughs> no part of Does Will even listen to this podcast? Yeah, Will's like a diligent listener. Shout Will out to Will Goodwin. Shout again. out. Oh wait, Will. Oh, I meant Will. Quant. Oh, I think no. Will, Will Goodwin has had the most shout outs. Oh, Will Goodwin is anyone. the man. Well, he deserves the most. Yeah. Do you know another human who yeah. deserves more shout outs? Maybe Please? Jordan Dick. No. Jordan does not listen. Jordan is the anti shout out. <laughs> yeah, he commented on our Instagram and what did he say? He said something that was like, what? Never change or something? Yeah. I don't know. He's, like, like, he's like, nothing changed. I was like, yep. He's a big one-liner. He's a big one-liner Thanks, guy. Thanks, man. Um, Zinger. <laughs> Y'all just get likes on Twitter, though. I'll tell you that. It's like Kim, Greta, and some random Is, is he the one that sets the man. tone by clicking heart? Yeah. <laughs> he's the first one. You need the one Oh, my line. gosh, guys. I was, this is kind of out of the blue, but I was down in Dallas this weekend at another conference and I went to like a really popular Catholic podcast. I was with a friend, Emily Dalski, and mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, I'm going to a friend's party tonight and they're the Catholic podcaster. Do you want to go? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Who was it? Edmund Mitchell. He runs Ooh. the show and he's got a pretty big following. He's hilarious. And he's coming up to Minnesota. So we're getting him on some He's coming on the cast. Shout out to Edmund. He's a great guy. Uh, he has like four or five kids, maybe three. I didn't see any of them. Fantastic wife. Just like, there was this great staple Catholic community down there. That's business so guy vibrant. Jacob over here smiling. Look at that network yeah, wow. smile. Jacob Look is, at that network smile. He's, he's literally like, blushing. <laughs> when I said the word five kids, you blushed. <laughs> I, it's just the Irish in me. <laughs> I love say it, though. This isn't a cannibalistic industry. No, like, no, no. We're here to help each other out. Wait, what do John you mean? John Boyle has a podcast now. John Boyle? Oh, John Boyle? to him. Wow. Yeah. No, did you see Kuba has a podcast? Really? No way. Yeah. <laughs> what? Everyone's got a Kuba podcast. Has one now? What does yeah, he I talk about? Right. What does he call it? The playful <laughs> session? Does he call it the playful session? <laughs> what would Kuba Welcome talk to, about? To I would, I would want to listen to Kuba, though. 
Yeah, lots too. of podcasts. Big, he big, big Polsky a man. Board member. I feel like he's a right. Yeah, he was our only board member. How what dare is, he get another podcast? <laughs> we're gonna sue him for uh, immediately fired, guys. That's an NDA breaking yes, right there. Okay. Broke his, I thought he signed an NDA with Sons of Thunder. What the heck? All right, uh, for John Boyle's sake and all his audience, his podcast is called oh. "The Dudes That Battle." Babble, babble, babble. Like the dudes the, that babble. Can you say uh, that again. Like Babylon. Uh, oh gosh. John Boyle's podcast is called The Dudes That Babble. What do they talk Check about? Check it out. Um, let's see. Their last Old podcast Testament. was The Role of the Laity in Evangelization. Sounds pretty intense. Oh, <laughs> September 20th, Church Potlucks. Oh. So this is kind of more professional. He's gearing it towards. I like it because it gets people on the podcast app more and then they yeah. see our podcast more. No, I think it's a. I mean, the, the, <laughs> I the like Christian, it because they like us. <laughs> the Christian podcast game is like, it's all about getting people in the genre. Yeah. I yeah, feel like yeah. once you. Once you start watching like Joe Rogan and stuff like that, then you're like, oh, I like podcasts. And yeah. then you kind of just figure out your taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really even if we, I mean, if we had five people listen to this a week, I mean, I, I, oh, I yeah. love doing this. I would literally just, just like keep on doing it. Yeah, Shout exactly. out to our core five. <laughs> Jordan Dick. You know who you are. Yeah. Will Goodwin. No. Okay, well, hey, Ed- no, we can't name them. They know who they yeah, are. There's yeah. two. You know you. But Edmund had a lot of fun things. Like they had games they would play. Like they put up mouse traps. And they had all kinds of fun little... Did they have a video? Is it a video? Yeah, there was... The dude walked around with this, like, really nice video camera around their whole house. Oh, it was really well set up. So they, like, podcast house made a... It was, like, podcast, and I think they vlog it. Cool. Uh, check it out, Evan did Mitchell. Give him gonna, our business cards. Oh, I did not business carry business card. cards, but I, he immediately. I tweeted him that night because he gave us lots of wine, and then he uh, so, shouted us out. So he follows no us. Way. Real quick nice. shout out to Lowell Seashore. Uh, John yes. Jacob and I were at his house last week doing some warrior training, some spiritual warrior training. Yeah, nothing physical. We and eat. yep, just <laughs> we yep, eat burgers. Just praying and burgers. Yep, praying and burgers. That'll make you a warrior <laughs> spiritually. And uh, but shout out, great man. You probably heard of him, Dangerous Men. Check it out. Um, he was. Ta- I was hacking with him over dinner, and. And he brings up, he's like, yeah, I'm starting a podcast. And I was like, no way. And, we, we, you know, we start talking about it. And I was like, yeah, with John. He's like, oh, I know John. And I was like, Jacob. He's like, I can't, I can't really remember Jacob. And I point Classic. over there. I was like, that's Jacob. We call him business guy. <laughs> and he just, he just smiled. <laughs> he's like, that's business guy. <laughs> it was great. So, Whoa. Business, business guy. guy. And apparently Lowell has all the nice equipment we were going to offer to do something for him. But he's like, nope. He's like, it's all been given to me. The Lord is generous. Lead us in, man. All right, let's do it. So on the last podcast, we talked about hunger. Uh, as part of our hunger series, this is our second part called Vision. Uh, so on the last podcast, just uh, the quick maybe one-minute to 60-minute recap um, <laughs> would be that hunger, what is it? How do we develop it? Um, it's essentially desire. It's, it's how, do we, how do we find desire in ourselves? We had talked about the need for a time set aside to develop desire. And then in this podcast, we want to talk about the idea of vision. Not, not necessarily acting quite yet, but pretty much planning a trip and then making a map for that trip. So how do you map out your desires in your own life? And then the next podcast is going to be on focus after we you know, chart out on the journey, on the adventure that is life. Uh, that is this season, or is that it? You know, this day, or whatever. Um, how do we how do we maintain focus? So that'll be the next podcast. But now we're going to talk about how do you keep that grind? Yeah, yeah. But now we're going to talk about vision. So, what for you guys? W- w- when I say vision, what is the first thing that comes to your guys' mind? 
Jacob's new glasses. <laughs> yeah. Are those we new? I was going to say those things. New they look good. You're burning in my eyes. <laughs> you finally see all the going on any dates in those beard. glasses lately? Oh, yeah. I just got them. Uh, Did you know that so one? So three. What <laughs> one company basically runs a monopoly on glass lenses? I forget the name. It's like Lefomic, something like that. Starts with an L. They basically own ninety percent. Ninety-five percent. So they know what vision is. Yeah, that's why those frames cost like one hundred fifteen hundred dollars. It's probably you spent fifteen hundred on those. What? No, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so for John, he thinks of glasses. All right, okay, John vision. thinks of glasses. Monocles. Monocles. Well, in in terms of our topic, I think <laughs> vision. <laughs> In regards to our top, can you guys hear me? John is just staring him down. <laughs> I think vision is um, kind of just having someone. It's kind of similar to a goal to me. I think it's um, is you know seeing where you want to go, whether it be for for whatever goals that you might set for yourself. I think vision is looking out, looking outside of yourself, and seeing where you want to be um, in the future or where you want to grow. It's um, looking upwards or outwards. You know, seeing. Um, seeing someone that you, or somewhere that you want to be, mm. or or somewhere that you want to grow, I think that's kind of how I see vision in my life, whether it be my career mm. or my personal lives or my relationships or or anything. It's kind of vision is looking ahead to the future or ahead to a like a goal. Mm. So I think that's kind of where what yep. I think of vision. Yes, yeah, that's good. To expand on that, I think that vision is looking ahead to the goal, but also realizing the practical steps that it might take to get there. Yeah. Um, whether it's a, you know, macro perspective, right? You're a marathon runner and um, your marathon's out in six weeks or six months, let's say. That's the macro. Okay, I got to prepare for yeah. this. But then the micro is what am I going to do on a daily basis to be able to achieve that goal, to be able to run 26.2 miles? And that involves, you know, the nutrition, the planning. How many miles am I going to run mm. on this day, this day, and the preparation to get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with vision comes focus too, because with vision, you're looking at you want to run a marathon, you know? And you've kind of already come to the conclusion that you want to run, you know, having that mm-hmm. vision, having that. Um, I don't want to compare it to goal, but having that vision that you want to run a marathon, I mean, you've kind of already dismissed the fact that you don't want to do a triathlon, you don't want to do a bike race, you, you've you kind of set your eyes on running a marathon, yeah, you know, yeah. you've kind of focused on mm-hmm. something and you see where you want to go. Yeah, so yeah, that's exactly right, Sean, My, just today I was thinking about, okay, so what, what does vision mean to me? And just the first thought was, it's it's a sight of what's to come. Or it's, it's a sight of something that's going to be in the future. People talk about, like, the Lord gave me a vision, or, like, you see a, a mirage or a vision or something, right? It's it's It involves not, it, it, it involves foresight, right? And I don't know about you guys, I'm, I'm very bad at looking ahead and yeah. planning. Um, I, I just, I kind of just take life by the, by the horns, and I just kind of let it, you know, wrangle me around and stuff like that. And mm. I've been working on, you know, contemplating desire, contemplating who am I, taking time for that to develop. And then my, my question is, I, I, have, I honestly, I, I'm struggling to place desire on a map, place desire into places in my life that have actionable steps. Um, like, I, I mean, the idea of focus, the idea of getting into a race right now of life and, 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 and remaining, remaining on a goal, I am nowhere close 
to understanding how to do that because I haven't set goals up for myself. So I, I guess maybe this is a goal-oriented podcast of vision, of how do we structure a vision and, and not necessarily set out on it, but, but create a space for us to be able to map, a, a space for us to, to create, yeah. you know, a plan. Yeah. And I think it, it comes down to two recognizing what sort of vision are you trying to set? Because there's some instances where you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't spend all day planning and prepping. Um, and that could be something as simple as your daughter wants to, you know, go to a friend's house later that day. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have time to sit down and plan all the pros and cons mm-hmm. and who it is, what it is. Um, you kind of have to rely on your past experiences mm-hmm. um, and your identity uh, to make a snap decision, whereas, like I mentioned earlier, there's other decisions that are more important, bigger, and require more of that planning, like running a marathon. Yeah. So, John, I kind of want you to describe um, kind of where, because you talked about the dark room last podcast and kind of, I don't know, the analogy. You kind of were talking about analogies earlier. So kind of coming out of the dark room and forming a vision, um, like what, what do you think that looks like? Well, um, I don't know. I don't think vision is something you can form because it's an object that you're trying to look at. Like, it's not a construct of your own. That's one of those things where people get wrong all the time. Like, you don't build yourself, you find yourself. You don't invent a goal, you discover it. And vision is one of the most important human faculties. Like, this is something the ancient Egyptians knew. They had their god Marduk, right, who had eyes all around his head. Yeah, and that was, like, the most point. powerful. And, and, in fact, and Peterson asserts that I'm it's... Sorry, was his name Marduk? M-A-R-D-U-K, I believe. Marduk. I like that. That's my favorite yeah, word. Yeah, a cool god. <laughs> Lowercase yeah, what was g. The, what was the other god? Uh, ra tot thought Thot was one. Egyptian? T-H-O-T. Wait, Were they? He didn't have eyes, correct? No, they they all represented different like faculties. It's yeah. it's super um, archetypal, archetypal, but vision is probably along with speech one of the most important, most pivotal, like the highest of human faculties, even higher than reason. I would say. I mean, maybe not reason, but I, I don't know. Maybe the, I would say the intellect, like your ability to see, is what distinguishes you from other people, from the past you, from animals, just because sight is such an important uh, sense of ours. Like, why are we drawn into terrible things like media and pornography and, um, I don't know, like looking at evil? You're drawn in by your eyes. You have two of them and one nose and one mouth. You have two ears. Again, that speech faculty and that receptivity from the eyes is very important. And just like... Meeting Jesus's gaze is probably one of the hardest things I can ever do simply because there's such a power behind the eyes and there is like a limitlessness. It, people say it's the window to the soul and you know, like there's such, you guys can back me up on this, but it, it's like difficult to constantly meet people's eyes. That's why it's such a primer, a principle of dominance is like to hold someone's gaze. Like you like, you got to divert your eyes because there's something deep within you that's um, being spoken through your eyes. You know, playful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> or right? No, no it, I know playful eyes. No, yes. it's inviting. Again, this do. is Petersonian. Like, if you make eye contact, it usually denotes three things. You're looking at something you want, right? Because any this is the main principle. What you aim at is what you see. And I'll get into the negative side of that in a minute, like the dark room. But 
you aim at something and like evolutionarily we were aiming at food to eat to consume mates to have sex with and like people who were dangerous it's your vision so important to your existence not only on this earth but in the in the future and i'll i'll get into the negative sides of the the vision insofar as like if you keep looking at terrible things like pornography you're gonna get addicted if you get keep looking at like watching bad video games and then all you see is negative you speak that into existence over time so i think with the dark room like you need to be constantly looking at god while you're going through hell because you need to keep your eyes on the prize you know Hmm. um i we we watched this movie i don't know if you've heard of it revenge of the sith star wars um, maybe you've only seen it 30 times. <laughs> no, it was so, I haven't watched it in probably half a decade, but. What? Maybe more. Five, six years. Same here. I don't, I didn't watch it. You college. haven't had your annual Star Wars? Bro? No. I just you watched the bi- new. annual Star Wars? The one on Netflix is pretty. Yeah, the new ones. Yeah. And then you kind of get grossed out. You're like, why would I ever yeah. do Star Wars? But then going back, it's uh-huh. so good. So, Dude, it's so well, refreshing. You definitely see a battle between good and evil in the older ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. And the new ones are just like, oh, we can be bold. That, that's just a bunch of liberal soft. Disney people getting this together. This is the thing I'm trying to hammer in is that when you see things for what they are and even below mm. them, when you're super perceptive, you mm. can see the good and evil and you take a higher role, not necessarily a different role, but you ascend more of where you're called to be in reality and God's plan because mm-hmm. then you can act on that. So how yeah. have you guys found yeah. that? Well, John, you made a good point about being in the dark room. Uh, it's... And, and, and the difficulty it is to meet the Lord's gaze, uh, because I think it's, um, you become vulnerable. You become to Absolutely. a point where it's, he, he sees all faults, you know, he's up on the cross suffering, but there's a certain power in, in his gaze up on the cross, looking at you, being able to look in your soul and also provide that mercy. And I think that's when the biggest, that's what the biggest part of the dark room is. It's, it's a revelation about, about yourself, and that comes with the shame, that comes with the sin, that comes with the joy and the gifts and the strengths, all of the things and the mercy. And the, and the Lord's gaze in the dark room is this, is, is this gaze of revealing these things and forgiving them and kind of opening up new avenues for him to come in and be a part of your life. It's something that he kind of plants these seeds, and then we go out. Um, so I, I think, John, I love your ex- explanation of the human capacity of vision. Um, and the ways that what we set our eyes on is what our goals are set on as well. And where we place our time is where we are invested with our vision. Um, and however, to come on, on, on a more spiritual level, I think vision does exist and needs to exist in the dark room. It needs to, it needs to exist in the first stage of hunger, of desire, because you can't just feel Greatness. You can't just feel this huge desire for greatness. Feel this 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 desire to be. I know. I I know. I want to do this. I know. I can do that. And then you just go out there and you flippantly kind of just you know. That's kind of the cowboy stage. That's that's the young man who who goes out and explores and experiences a lot and because he desires much. But the warrior is one who knows his strength and then brings it. He doesn't. For me personally, I, just last week I realized I do a lot of things. Um, to show me that I have what it takes to do the things in my life that I want to do. Mm -hmm. But I don't do a lot of things that show me that I have what it takes um, that, that show me that I have what it takes to do the things the Lord wants to do with my life. If that makes sense, I don't spend enough time. So for example, if I really wanted to become a strong outdoorsy guy, Mm -hmm. right, I would just go camp and do these crazy things. You know what I mean? Because that's the life that I want to live. Um, and the question of, am I spending enough time with the Lord to understand who I am and, and, 
Am I living the life that he wants me to live? Right. Am I doing the things that give me what it takes to do what he wants me to do with my life? Um, so I think the Lord instills a vision, um, but it takes time. And the warrior is one that, that, that remains and, and is, that knows his strength and brings that to his vision rather than going out and seeking, uh, kind of a, a vision elsewhere, like if that glory. made sense. Like yeah, the cowboy yeah. seeks the glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that can be attributed to the cowboy phase and how so many people struggle to get out of it is mm. because they react to others and they don't respond to God. Mm. Well, There's yeah. like, like I love shiny that. things I love that. all around there, like glory and vanity and power. All these things are very shiny. They're attractive. Yeah. But then they're vanitas, they're yeah. ephemeral. They go yeah. away very quickly. Yeah. So yeah. Jacob, tell us more about that. I love that. Say it yeah. again. Well, so, yeah, like I was saying, why people stay stuck in the cowboy phase is because they spend so much time reacting to others, mm-hmm. not responding to God, because they're distracted by others and what others want of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a good example of this is Archbishop Hebda. Mm-hmm. Now, Archbishop Hebda went to Harvard University, got a law degree from them. Wow. He was on track to become a top lawyer, earn top money, and from a secular view, have it made in a lot of ways. However, he decided to drop that pursue the Lord and enter in a seminary. Uh, I recall um, when he was giving a talk, his brother called him an asshole when he told him that he'd be doing that. Mm. Because from a secular view, it was, what the hell are you doing? You're Mm. throwing away everything you've worked hard for from a worldly perspective. Now, granted, Archbishop had went on to become the Archbishop, obviously, so he's been very successful at what he does. But you can even look at that from Jesus, right? So many people didn't believe Jesus because he was a carpenter. And that's what he did for 30 years. He didn't even begin his ministry really until he was 30. Mm-hmm. And so they, but that didn't keep Jesus from doing the Father's will, right? And leading him to the cross. Same could be said with David as a shepherd, right? When he went in the battlefields to fight Goliath, his brothers were rebuking him and telling him to go back. No one believed he could fight. Even Saul said, David, what are you doing? Don't do this. You're going to get yourself killed. But David didn't listen to other peoples. He trusted the Lord and then went on to greatness because he trusted the Lord. Hmm. So how do we experience, I mean, kind of what you're describing is a call, is that we're all, yeah. we're all living, you know, we're all desiring, we're all moving, we're eating, you know, we, we're, we're living. And then, boom, there's this moment when a call comes. And Archbishop Hebda you know, I haven't heard his story. That's my I didn't. I didn't know he went to Harvard. I didn't know he was yeah. on track to be a lawyer. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, he had his degree actually. He was a lawyer that's, for and few that's years. Crazy. I, yeah. I had no idea, and I think, um, I mean, side tangent. Just I think we understand the call through hearing, hearing about others' calls, right? Mm-hmm. Others' experience of being called. Um, I mean, I, I'm just interested to hear from you guys. What What does it look like? to respond to the call. Because if, you're not, if, if, if we're not trying to be cowboys, if we're not trying to react to others and go out and adventure and experience and go do things to find that I have what it takes, but we're actually trying to take a step back, understand our strength, and then intentionally bring that somewhere, it has to be with the Lord. So how do we, how do, how, what does that response look like? Yeah, I think how do, we, it's how do we find that? I think it's uh, humbling in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually going against the grain. So it's very, very difficult to respond to the call of the Lord. Um, but ultimately, that's what, that's what gives you joy, right, is following the, follow, following mm, the Father's will. Yeah. Um, I just even think, too, of like midlife crises. So many people have those because they've gone and followed what society tells you to do. They've made their way up the corporate ladder. Their kids now are in college mm. or off on their own. And they don't know what to do with their life because so much of it has been spent just chasing what other people 
other people's dreams. And then they have this unease and this unhappiness. So they try to fill their, those holes with like a motorcycle yeah. or a vacation mm. home or whatever yeah. that may be. But if we can respond to the call earlier, it's difficult because it might mean not getting that promotion. It might yeah. mean yeah. leaving that job and going to somewhere where you have more purpose. Yeah. So you think, um, just that, just to ask a question for that, do you think that businessman had a, like a, an improper vision or do you think his vision wasn't aligned with Christ or kind of where did that, where does that go? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you hit it spot on, Sean. I think that's exactly, I think, um, I can't remember who I was talking with lately, but we were talking about desire and ultimately the goal of the Christian is to align your desire with Christ um, and to surrender desires at his feet. Um, so that, uh, you know, if, so if you were heavily discerning a relationship with someone, right. And you're, or whatever, if you're thinking, if, if you're trying to make a big decision, right. Um, you can place it at the father's feet and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to surrender this desire to you. And if you want to return this to me in tenfold, cause he will, like you can do that. Or if you want to keep this, you can keep that. Right. So I think it's all about aligning our desires. And I think that's what it, that's what it looks like to create a vision is to take yeah. a desire, give it to him, feel a call when he, when he invites you into it, it's, it's an invitation. Um, wow. That's abstract. That's so yeah. freaking abstract. Something I want to so, say just, just yeah. to get on that is like, while we're talking in the abstract and the theoretical, uh-huh. like you were trying to say, you have to keep moving. Like you can't, st- you can't move a parked car. Yeah. So if your vision, I mean, you effectively, it's going to get refined and honed through what Eric's saying mm-hmm. is just surrendering things, like Anakin, when you hold on to things too deeply, yes. you get weighed down and your vision becomes corrupted and yes. twisted. Yeah. So it's a process mm-hmm. of like, you need to pivot and parry with the way that God is mm. bringing these things into light. And then with that vision, we're attracted to this. You leave the darkness behind. Yeah. And I think that ties into a lack of trust too. When like speaking of Anakin, um, but on the flip side, or on the same side, is so uh, like with the businessman in the midlife crisis, his whole life is so performance focused and performance oriented mm-hmm. and not relationship oriented. Yeah. So even faith, you know, it's a God, you know, I worked hard for my family. That's good. I went to mass, but I never knew you. And I think that's realizing that when they don't have to worry about their kids as much anymore, worry about their job anymore, they're pretty much set for retirement, then it's like, what else is there? I never knew you, and I thought yeah. I was working for you for all these years. Yeah, that's so good. I, I mean, the, the, the idea of abiding is just continues to come in my mind right now, and I know, Jacob, you've talked about that a lot. Uh, and I think the, the, the dark room, the discovery of desire, the casting of a vision for desire, and then focus, they all cannot be done without abiding. Mm-hmm. We need to abide with the Father. We need to abide with Christ, and that means... Staying in a state of grace, that means praying every day. That means challenging yourself in your faith. Um, Yes, challenging yourself in your job, challenging yourself physically, challenging yourself intellectually. But more than anything, I believe it means abiding with the Lord in faith. And then he's going to reveal these things over time. Yeah, because I don't think your vision comes to you all at once. You know, Mm. you don't have a great, a great vision for your life. You know, you're not Mm. like sleeping. I think it's, I mean, I mean, we see movies. That's kind of how we view so many stories. That's how we see stories, and it happens over time, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like it's not like he, God's going to reveal 
um, every single thing that you're supposed to do, every yeah. single divi- like decision that you're supposed to make. Like, oh, am I supposed to send my five kids to private schools? You know, I only have one kid, so why would God reveal that to me? Hmm. You know, so I think that we would just get totally overwhelmed. I think it's yeah. it's definitely linked to abiding with yeah. with God and and staying in that state so mm-hmm. that you can see what's going on and you can yeah. and you can have be revealed a vision, be revealed, and it's not going to come in a call. You know, it just comes in your desires, you know, and once you align your desires with, with Christ, with, you just, you just surrender them to mm-hmm. him. And I think that's so easier said than done, you know, it's yeah. so easier. And I just, I think back to all of those job decisions that I made, I mean, even proposing, even making huge decisions in my life, it wasn't God calling me on the phone. It was more like, hey, this is a kiss huge... Kiss me through the phone? Yeah, God didn't kiss <laughs> me through the phone. Kiss me through the phone. It's just all... It's all... All the making, religious sisters out there, I would love that. Jesus just... Oh, I just oh, relationship. Oh. I'm so mad at God right now. He won't return my calls. <laughs> just twirling the, the those cord. Are, those are good points, though, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me finish. Let me yeah. finish. I think it's um, it's staying in a state of grace, you know, yes. and um, and having and being in a state of consolation mm. when you make these decisions. Because I mean, I sat down with my uncle, Delexi, and I sat down with him because he was um, writing the homily for our wedding, and he asked Who's me, "Who's your uncle?" Oh, the bish. The bish. Um, Uncle Drew. <laughs> Uncle Drew. <laughs> um, he listens, so hopefully he doesn't cousins. Um, but he was asking us, he was like, well, Sean, when did you know that you wanted to marry Delexi? And I told her. I told him all of the, like, the whole state. And yeah. He was like, wow, you were in a state of grace, and I see that this is what God wants because mm-hmm. you were in a state of grace. This is your desire. Mm. Delexi saw it in you. And so that was like, that was a great desire. It was a vision for my life. I wanted to get married. I wanted yeah. to go down marriage. Yeah. You know, and again, my, macro, micro, macro, yeah. micro. Yeah. And I made that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it was all abiding with yeah. Christ. Mm. I love that you touched on that, Sean, because grace is never changing. That's the constant God's grace, but vision is ever changing in so many ways, right? You look at just the history of our world, the agricultural age, right? The industrial revolution. Now we're in the mm-hmm. technological age. 1950s, you could, you get a good degree, you get a job, right? Today, you get a degree, you get a bill. Like, at Starbucks. It's like a different day and age. Like, <laughs> good one-liner. Vote Mishki 2020. <laughs> you get a Starbucks apron. Bernie like, Sanders, you know, down with the I try to be pessimistic because no, at the same true. time, with where we're at now, the opportunities are endless the possibilities are there but then it becomes like we've been talking about sifting through that chaos so there's there's this term called analysis paralysis that when you have too many options people would rather not choose because they remain frozen. Choice yeah. fatigue. Yeah, choice fatigue, analysis, paralysis. I was just of this. What's the, what's my, the first my nasal word voice right now? That's why you have jobs that exist where women just have people buy them clothes. It's just what crazy. do you mean? Wait, like what? people like people like just totally buy like do out like to do total outsource their outsource their shopping because they would have people other people buy them clothes i was thinking more so on a life scale but no i'm cool with the wardrobe no we live in a no no obama did that that's why i always wore the same suits he just had someone choose him suits yeah i mean if i was a president i'd do that too 
But anyhow, there's this thing of analysis paralysis <laughs> that sometimes... Eric, 2020. 2024. 2024. Yeah, give, give, give it a few years. So I only get one term. Let yeah. me... Let me <laughs> exactly. I'm coming up to Jacob. You get impeached. The sons of the sons of probably Trump. would just throw uh, that out there. No, there's this thing. No, there's there's a real there's a, a real reality, as Joe Masick would say, of um, of having so much desire and so much at your fingertips to fulfill that desire that we become paralyzed and we're actually too afraid to choose because when we choose, we are committed, and when we're committed, we feel limited, and when we're limited, we don't feel free. It's just this constant cycle that people fall through. And that's why you see so many people in their 20s, I think, jump through jobs, all these things, right? Because, oh, this isn't fulfilling me. I'm bored. I'm restless. Let's go to the next thing. Oh, I feel limited. Let's get out of this relationship or whatever, right? Um, there's, there's really no commitment level. And I think bringing it all back to vision, um, you create a vision, but the next, start is, the, the, the next stop is focus, and yeah. you need commitment to do focus. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to talk about this next week of now that we've chosen, how do we commit to that? Mm-hmm. But right now, let's talk about analysis paralysis. John, do, you, you asked me earlier about analysis paralysis. I just I couldn't hear the first word, oh, analysis. Okay. Yeah, and that, so you're analyzing too many things, and then you're too afraid to choose because you're going to feel paralyzed, and but people end up not choosing. That's biologically linked, and like it just makes sense. But So tell me more. I don't want to get into that. I, I want to get into, I mean, I want like bring it, bring the vision, like verso l'alto. Let's bring it back to Pier Giorgio Fassati. Like he's his thing to the heights, towards the heavens, the mm-hmm. translation. And so like sin, the original, it, it meant to be curved in on oneself, curvatus in se. Mm-hmm. And if you think of like a bent over man, that's yep. deformed hunchback something's wrong there but it's natural for man as a bipedal creature to be standing upright gazing towards the heavens and so your vision constantly needs to be this ideal and the reality is you might be bent over and curved but jacob i think you hit on it it's like my favorite song right now is amazing grace i just like it's touched Mm -hmm. me in really crazy way and like we've heard this since what kindergarten like yeah but how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, I once was lost, but no way. Once yeah. was blind, but now can see. So grace is illuminating. And it's how good it is to see the light, but how much better it is to share that illumination with others. So and like that's the point of grace is that when you, when you look towards the heavens and you, you get the imbibement of grace and then you mm. share that with others, like that's, yeah. that so is So tell me more life. about how grace influences vision. Because you totally touched on it. I want to hear more. <clears throat> it is the vision. Like, hmm. if you're not ad oratio, eye to eye and face to face with God, you won't get your vision. Because hmm. ultimately, it'll be a Tower of Babel. And, like, if you're a pretty damn good builder, it'll be high, but it'll tumble far. Look at the Clintons. Look at Epstein. They were really good builders, and they built really high, and they're falling. I mean, look all around us. Like, the world is collapsing in on itself on so many angles simply because... Our eyes are not fixed on the Lord. And it's so hard because of the reasons we've explicated. Mm. You're vulnerable. You're naked before God. You're shame. You're covered in sin. But unless you accept that grace within your soul, which, what, yeah, we're, we're sitting in chairs talking about it, not necessarily doing it, but like that is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something you need to constantly realign yourself with God, you know, get back in that state of grace because we're humans and we are fallible creatures and consequently we mess up and make mistakes. And so a lot of that 
requires humility and coming back to the Lord and recognizing that, hey, my self-sufficiency, although it may get me places in the world, is not adequate enough to be able to be in union with you, God. Mm -hmm. Me going to Mass every Sunday does not equate to relationship. Mm. Yeah, so from... so. I would like to move from abstract to more practical. But John, I loved, like you were talking about amazing grace. And he, it literally says, I was blind, but now I see. Like yeah, dude, I was blind and you've given me vision. When, when you get to that point when you can see and like mm. when, when you find you're found, it just, your life does shift. And like we're mm. saying, it's not like, I don't know how uh, evangelical Protestants would say it. Like it's like that moment, but there are so many of these moments where you realize you're found again. Yeah. And you can also look back. You can see the vision the Lord had for you over the, or in the past and over time has brought you to this moment. Um, which like what is also Sean said. Beautiful. Yeah, like you're, you're exactly right. streets ahead of us vocationally and height-wise, you're taller than any of us. <laughs> we also remember like we were at that party and we were standing on the steps next to him. And we're like, this is what it's like to be. <laughs> I, know, I was standing next to him. I was like three feet off the ground. I was it like, yeah. was actually pretty. Like, do you get scared up there? Oh, yeah. Scared of heights. Scared of it. Must be, it must be hotter. It's like the climate's so, different than it is in your waist. So, so global warming. Yeah. So maybe, talking? maybe this will be a swing and a miss. But so the abstract answer, in a way, and the spiritual, in a way, to, to vision is abiding in the Lord, remaining in a state of grace, and then uh, like spending time with Him to let let your eyes be opened, um, to let clay be put on your eyes for, for for them to be healed and for you to be able to see again. But more practically. If I want to get better at biking, if, if, if I want to get healthier, if I, if I want to pray more, um, I mean, the small vision, you know, it's not necessarily the big macro vision if I want to run a marathon. How, how, what does the day in, day out look like if I'm, I, I want to run a marathon? How do I structure, maybe not structure, but how do I find a vision oh, that's it. for my micro? It's, we're talking abstractly because it's great to philosophize, but like... yeah. Goals and the acquisition of goals is dopaminergically linked. Like if you want to feel good and think about the times in your life when you felt good, it wasn't getting what you wanted. It was the process along the way, finding your pursuit of the goal is what brings along these neurochemicals that say, hey, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So Sean, I'm, I bet like leading up to the day of marriage or leading up to the baby, it felt so good to see these things like going to the ultrasound or maybe it's like a job interview. You get, you get these physical reminders that what you're doing is paying off and that yep. teaches your body mm-hmm. keep doing this and oh, I think yeah. in like simple English like what you're saying John is learn to love the grind figure out a way to love the day in and day out mm. and that could be you hate to work out but you love to hang out with your friends so you go work out with your friends something as simple as that hmm. yeah what's helped me a lot is just that perspective of, of I know where I want to be macro right so the micro I'm, I'm when I have a macro goal I'm more attracted to the micro because I know day by day I'm, I'm, I'm achieving that macro. I'm getting there. You know what I mean? Even if it's just 10 miles on the bike, even if it's just 15, you know, whatever it is, or if it's just 10 minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of prayer, it's, I know I'm building this habit. I'm, 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 mm-hmm. if, if you win the micro, you're going to crush the macro. You know what yeah. I mean? The macro is going to yeah. be gone before you know it. Right. Yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's starting this, starting small and, and yeah. pretty much and it's just getting better every day. Mm-hmm. It's just making those small chip, chips, mm-hmm. the huge, you know, mm-hmm. John's, journey of a thousand steps mm. starts with one step but yeah. it, it's no less than a thousand mm. steps you know mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. only going to get there That's by yeah. starting yeah it's mm-hmm. also biblically and scripturally 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 linked <laughs> uh, when jesus talks about the parable of the talents like yeah you are given things and they didn't i'm assuming if i was a prudent fiscally 
minded banker. Like I don't sell all 10 or trade all 10 at once. You go and do one deal with one of them and then you make the second one and it's yeah. a process. But he also says, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in great things. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So Jesus connected the idea and this is the Petersonian idea of you wish yeah. upon a star, you have to look on the way and you find the, the path to get there. And wow. the, the further you connect where you want to be with where you are, the happier and the yeah. more fulfilled you'll be. Yeah. I mean, John, what I'm hearing is keep your head up. I mean, I think you like yeah. keep your head up on, so on, on, on your goal. Keep, yeah, go to the heights every day uh, and abide in the Lord. To, and, and, and he's going to reveal the vision. Um, and, it, and it's, and it's going to change. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You need yeah. to move. Yeah. Like if you think this is an, a Schwarzenegger thing, but he's like, you could have the best boat in the world and the captain could have nowhere to sail it. But if you, let's say you're Columbus or Magellan or someone who knows the goal is there, but you get sidetracked by storms and mutinies and fevers and smallpox and all that, they brought smallpox. (laughs) But if you get sidetracked and you still have a goal and you know where you want to go, nothing will be an obstacle. It'll just be something you need to navigate around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's the right way, not the quick way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's, It's not a hasty matter. As I mature, I'm only 23, so maturing very slowly and um, smallly, but smallly, um, Small as, <laughs> for example. But um, <laughs> it's just becoming so clear that life uh, is an endurance race. Yeah. Life is, is not a hasty pursuit at a desire or a goal. It is a long, burdensome, suffering trial that ends in joy. That, that, Don't that, be that hasty, Master joy. Hobbit. Exactly yeah. what Paul said in yeah. prison. He says, I fought the fight, I have ran the race, and I have joy mm. because of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I think one thing I want to do, kind of taking away from this podcast, is I kind of want to look at and find people that I look up to, mm. and I want to stop putting them on a pedestal, and I want to kind of ask them how they got to their like whether it be my dad, you know, yeah. ask my dad, Hey, I look up to you. Give me the nitty gritty. Give me yeah. all those things that you went through. Yeah. yeah. Go to my, I mean, go to, go to people that I look up to. I think that is kind of what I want to take away from this podcast. Mm. You know, I want to speak into that too, because one of two things happens when you meet your idols, you either realize they're a lot worse than you thought they were or yeah. they're a lot better. But when it's for better, it's not because of their achievements, which you already know they did. It's because of their character. Yeah. And then worse, because of the same thing, their uh-huh. character. So it is good to look into the example of your idols and then kind of see beyond what it took for them to achieve what they did. You know, yeah. Antonio Brown, for instance, NFL player, best receiving in the NFL for the past five years, horrible human being in a lot of ways. And yeah. I, I take that back. His actions... We're horrible. Well, they speak yeah. louder than words. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, people can achieve great things, but not be great uh-huh. people. I, and that's, I mean, this yeah. whole cast is just revealing that to me. And um, I mean, this, this series of that, of, you know, of, um, so, so specifically, just to kind of recap. So the first cast on desire, we kind of descripted, described, <laughs> described desire. And then vision looks more so look like, looks like placing that desire into a certain slot a or reality. Into, into a reality and then seeing, seeing what it looks like. Just saying, all right, I'm going to take this 
Play-Doh. I'm going to put it into this shape and see what it looks like, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's the most... Um, I was hanging out with my niece this weekend a lot. So oh, I a Play-Doh. So. Baby analogies. So you got your mushy food, you know? Even though I really want to play with play You got your fussy time and your nap time. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I had the most beautiful just hour and a half of just every three minutes just sleeping. <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> it was like, okay, this is... This is Wait, great. you were doing that? Was it just you? I, I was doing that. She was sleeping the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you were wanting to do that. <laughs> We've all been she was there. I've got my own diapers. Let's see that. <laughs> and I filled them. <laughs> oh, I do. I can't wait for the focus one because like, like you're saying, Sean, you realize that those people who you look up to also only have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Yeah. And what makes them so uncommon is the uncommon activities that they do because they're rooted and like they're doing stuff. No other person does. But they've also been gifted. Like there are people like Elon Musk and I don't know, geniuses. Yeah. But I think, I think my, what I get into if I like looking up to Elon Musk or something like that, I just, I just like, I'm like, oh, I'll never get to that level. Yeah. But like seeing what he does during the day or like kind of seeing him on Joe Rogan and other podcasts like that, it like just humanizes yeah. them. So I don't yeah. know about you guys, but okay. So Strava, you guys, do you guys know what Strava is? It's, it's an app that nope. tracks running and swimming and exercise. Yep, and, that's oh, why. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, it's more of an endurance thing, right? So like a lot of bike, a lot of cyclists, a lot of runners do it. Yeah, that's cool. And, and I'm just realizing right now that, um, People's accomplishments don't necessarily encourage my process or encourage me, but seeing their process and seeing what they put into it yeah. actually encourages me. Yeah. So if I see this professional cyclist put in 100 miles today, and I only bike 20, right? Like, oh my gosh, like compared to that, like I'm, I'm only doing a fifth of what he did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, have no, I, I, I don't know what it takes to do 100 miles a yeah. day. Like, what the heck? I don't have the money and all the time, whatever, right? But... If I actually, you know, understood who he was at his age, at my point in life, whatever, right? I just, I am so much more attracted to the process of greatness rather than the actual achievement of it. Uh Because the achievement is just an award. It's a trophy. It's an object. It's, it's, it's the end goal, but it's not the process. And I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm in it for the product. Like that's what fires me up is seeing someone who's grinding, loving the grind, loving the process. That's hard too, because you, you, it's so difficult to compare yourself to someone else today, Mm. even if they're somewhat of a peer than who you were yesterday. That's Mm. a rule from Peterson's book. Like there are so many neurological, psychological, mythological, religious themes of like, you cannot put yourself in their shoes and no matter how appealing it is like I love that Eminem song Beautiful what size you wear I wear tents yeah I wear tents <laughs> I think you should be proud of yourself for biking one fifth for a professional cyclist oh, in bike w- in, in one, one day, day. I mean, while having a full time job and podcasting no. oh. not today I didn't do that today <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, it last month <laughs> just staring at that I one number the course of a year one, six months this ago guy thinks he's biking more than me <laughs> this right. guy's chirping you can you troll on Strava <laughs> yeah you can comment <laughs> make a fake account like Father John oh yeah, I, yeah Father John shout out to Father John he's putting in he just won the in Denver, they, they did a companions bike race. Oh, fun. Over like 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 a peloton, and then they also did it throughout the whole summer. It was like an overall endurance. Thing. Oh, oh my yeah, because he put FJ it on. Came out on first in like 0.08 seconds. I don't don't quote me on it. Wow. Sorry, FJ, if you're listening. Well, you're probably oh, is not. it like it mile times one. and stuff? What? Is it, was it based on mile times? Uh, it was like time. They just did like did they did different uh, oh, like a 20 mile legs. race. Yeah, yeah, different legs. That's so cool. <laughs> so anyhow, practicals. I keep on saying anyhow. I apologize. Um, 
It's better than a lot of words I say. For me, <laughs> um, my practical moving forward and what I'm trying to do in my own life right now, and I want to invite you listeners to do it with me, is name your desire. Yeah. Name the thing that you feel. Name the thing that you know that you have to offer the world and say, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This brings me life. Just name it. Don't, don't, don't put it into a slot. Don't, um, you know, don't, don't focus on, on, on accomplishing that desire, but just name that desire and then research things about, okay, now where can I take this? What, what, what job, what person, what, what community could fulfill this desire in me? Mm -hmm. And I can bring that desire to it. If it makes sense. I want to piggyback off that. I think what I want to do is tell Delexi my desires. Yeah. I think having a spouse so important to wow. share that yeah. with them and I think that she'll be able to help me more than more than I th- think I can help myself you yeah. know she'll be able to see those sides of me you know the the self-awareness and stuff like mm-hmm. that where she might be able to see where I fall short or see where I should go you know yeah. so I think that I want to piggyback off that being married mm-hmm. tell Delexi yeah. my vision or yeah. my desires share your desires share my desires that. with her love that well that's integral to getting you to like heaven the more you keep it to yourself yeah the more it can get twisted and corrupted Mm -hmm. and if i have this festering desire and delexi's not helping me i'm gonna be resentful festering festering (laughs) that's my word of the day festering (laughs) but i think yeah sharing your desires is so healthy for relationships and and i mean whether it be with your mom or are we going back on relationships now? Relationships. (laughs) well i just edited all those relationship podcasts so i'm like thinking Um, John, you got a practical? Sure. I mean, you guys said the same thing. Bring it to the light. And again, getting back to the root of this, the foundation is that the light that the vision God has for your life is the most joyful, best, ultimate thing ever. Like it's, it's God's vision. And I think I, in my own life, every day, every minute, almost every second is a struggle to realize that. And even if I realize it, change to that. Because I think my vision is good, but then when you have those moments of gratuity where you're just met with God's grace and God's vision, you start tearing up. I'm kidding. (laughs) That was just a frog in the throat. But seriously, it's like when you get your vision, that's where the... Like the understanding that God wants this of me and I'm called to this heroic, noble pursuit... That comes in, and it's probably nothing like by the world standards great. I like how you hit on that, though. It's more than just head knowledge. Yeah, I know the Lord's calling me to do this. Anyone could say that, you know. Mm. Oh, I know that verse in the Bible. Well, are you going to do it? It's the second part, the act. And I think we're going to focus on that more in the next podcast. But um, yeah, I think for me, a practical is just enjoying the process, taking a step back and looking at everything, how it's going, and yeah. just mm-hmm. having fun with it. Um, you know, if my goal is to, it's not, but if my goal is to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30, and I didn't find any joy in making, in the whole process, until I make a million dollars, that's seven years of my life. You're probably not going to do it. And probably yeah. that, not yeah. only that, but I'm also, like, when I make a million, it's like, I'm probably not going to be that happy anyways, Right. Yeah, because of inflation and everything. It's not that much. Love money. the grind. Fall yeah. in love. Next podcast is going to be about focus, which pretty much means process. I cannot I just, wait to talk about process. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.